There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There is no better group of plants for flower power and forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. My guest this week is a legend in the seed trade. He's dedicated 65 years of his life to the industry, forging a fine reputation internationally in flower seeds. It's John Gibson. My thanks to Sutton Seeds of Torquay, sponsors of this podcast, and to my producer, Charlie Jones. Well, the whole of June is really busy, busy, busy for me. And uh, last weekend, I had a very special trip. Those of us working on the uh, Windsor Rose and Horticultural Society show were invited to a reception at Windsor Castle. So uh, I'm afraid I was hobnobbing. There's a really fantastic garden uh, that's uh, tended just below the Twin Towers. And, and wandering about there on a really nice warm June evening with a glass of elderflower cordial was, I have to tell you, really rather nice. Although I felt quite guilty because my grass at home still hasn't been properly cut and the garden is getting way out of hand. It is difficult with all these activities going on in May and June to keep control of things. But never mind. Come July, I should be able to catch up. On the news front... There's a great speculation over the Wyvale Garden Centre sales with offers to be in by the end of this month. Goodness, as you scroll down the prices, some look really cheap and others very expensive, with part of the explanation being high rents and high local rate charges. There's also potential for building, I suppose, on some of them. And so if it's freehold land... There could be a hidden building development value. We're, of course, used to chains buying up independents, as they have been doing for what must be 20 years, getting ever larger groups. And this is the first time that we've seen a big group uh, offering everything for sale with a possible chance for a breakdown. Quite honestly, I welcome it. I'd love to see a few more independents. Garden centres operated by people who love plants and have the enthusiasm to uh, sell good quality. But what about the gardening advice? I mean, we're always thinking forward. And uh, this is the time to sow for next spring. I'm thinking of uh, sowing seeds of things like Sweet Rocket. If you happen to go into the Hyde Hall RHS Gardens in Essex and went just through the gate and turned left, there was a really wonderful clump of them. And if you go in the evening when it's warm, boy, the fragrance. They come in uh, three main colours, white, lavender and pink. 
uh, and I would recommend you scattered a few seeds somewhere, particularly if you've got a biggish garden. Uh, and if you let them self-seed, then they'll come up year after year and you'll welcome that sowing. You, you could give a similar treatment to Sweet Williams. They're great cut flowers and now's the time to sow those. And if you want to slightly different fragrance to the sweet rocket then there's wallflowers and brompton stocks oh i love stocks uh, and so sowing those now you'd have plants in flower in may there are other things the iceland poppies the forget-me-nots uh, double daisies the bellis um, but if you are sowing things like sweet rocket and brompton stocks they're in the brassica family so uh, remember they're likely to be attacked by flea beetle. That's a little tiny black beetle that eats neat round holes in the leaves and they're worst in hot dry weather. If you keep the soil really wet then that deters them quite a bit. If you have the patience you could use the old system of control. Uh, farmers used to get a board with grease, something like Vaseline and just pull that over the seedlings as they emerged and the flea beetle, as the name indicates, used to hop up with the disturbance and, of course, stick to the board. So there's one simple and straightforward way to control flea beetle on all of the brassicas. And, boy, slugs and snails everywhere. People are still complaining about them. Uh, I go out with a torch uh, just after it's got dark. If you want to reduce slug population, then if you do that with a pair of snips and just cut them in half. I went down a row of lettuce and I caught 20 the first night, 18 the second night and 10 the third night and I think I'm getting them under control. At least I'll have some lettuce now and they won't all be eaten by the slugs. I'm very pleased to introduce you today to John Gibson. I'd like to call him a very good friend. I think it would be fair to say that we're contemporaries, both joining the seed trade as young men. And, and, and John, how did you actually start in this business? In the seed business, Peter? Yeah. Yeah, well, I started in general horticulture oh, way back in uh, 53, I think it was. And I thought, well, I'd better get myself trained in horticulture. So I applied to go to one of the local horticultural colleges. That was the Lancashire County Institute of Agriculture. And as you know, you had to uh, perform a year's practical service before they would accept you in the college, presumably to make sure that you, you thought that horticulture was the right career for you. <laughs> so I started by working on a, a vegetable nursery in Lancashire, for 12 months and then went on to college at uh, Hutton as it was then. Of course, that's now Myersco in Lancashire. Yeah. And, and then when you came out from your formal training, what, why bees seeds? Why bees seeds? Uh, from the Horticultural College, I went in to do two years national service and well, I thought I, I had a job lined up in a garden centre in Liverpool for when I came out. But when I went to see the place, I didn't like it at all and thought, no, this is not for me. So I went back to the college, who obviously had good contacts with uh, various companies, and it just happened that Bees of Chester uh, took on ex-students. They had a hostel there, and there were about ooh, 20 of us, I should think, who were working in various departments at Sealand Nurseries, just outside Chester. 
I mean, that was an amazing place, wasn't it? Really yeah. big, good, rich land. I remember doing a, um, a Growing for Gold program there where you were growing roses and forcing stuff for Chelsea. That's right. They had a thousand acres there, and as you say, it was very fertile land just on the banks of the River Dee. And they had, ooh, I don't know, about five or six different horticultural departments, as you say, roses, herbaceous, greenhouse, vegetables, etc. So it was a good place to start, really. And we don't really see that today, do we? No. A sort of semi-apprenticeship, uh, working, learning on the job type mm. thing. Yeah. Mm. So, so how did you get into seeds then? How did I get into seeds? So I, I worked on the market garden there at Bees for about a year and got, I thought, no, this is not for me. But they, um, Bees' uh, main office was in Liverpool, but they had a branch at Sealand also. And it was just, um, you know, with the students, we used to go on various nursery visits, and it just happened that the seed department manager invited us to go and have a look at the seed department one night and uh, I went along with several others and at the end he said actually he said I'm looking for a young man to work in the seed trade he said if any of you were interested I'd be happy to teach you the trade sort of thing well as I say I'd got a bit fed up on the market garden department so I applied and that that was my introduction to bees seeds at Chester what a wonderful introduction John when you think of what you've done internationally in the seed trade what a lucky break that was. It was. It was a very good break for me, Peter. So I, I had oh, I had a couple of years there at Sealand, and then I got a, a promotion, shall we say, to the main um, seed department in Liverpool. That was in Mill Street, Liverpool, working with the manager there, Mr Ferguson. And I obviously got a good understanding of the seed trade, as it was then, and it worked there until 19... 19- 60. Goodness. Now, Liverpool was quite a good place in terms of international seed shipping, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, Peter. I think most of the big seed companies at that time were based near docks because obviously a lot of the seed came in from various parts of the world. And I just remember big shipments of French beans coming in from Kenya and Tanganyika and places like that. So it was very convenient. And then you made another big break in terms of jobs. Yes, that's right. So I, I spent four years in Mill Street, Liverpool. And, it, you know, bees were quite a big company then. They were a pictorial packet company along with Cuthbert's, who was supplying Woolworths. So it was big business. But they were just beginning to sort of fade a bit. And I think they'd passed their peak, really. So I couldn't see much future at bees. And... <laughs> I was looking for various jobs, looking at advertisements and goodness knows what. And, of course, one of them was a young man called David Colgrave, who was looking for a young man to join him in his newly started business. Now, what a character, David, the late David Colgrave, eh? Wasn't he? Oh, yes. goodness, yeah. 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 And that's where you and I would have come together, really, would it, when you were working with David? Well, that's I remember you, Peter, as being one of our first customers. I don't know why it sticks in my mind, but I remember you being interested in Pansy Majestic Giants. This was one of the first F1 hybrids, probably, uh, uh, flower seeds. 
and you know you were always pretty progressive looking at new things and I just remember you buying that from us. Well it was an amazing thing wasn't it? In the winter of 62-63 we did some autumn sowing, it came through that 12 weeks of frost and snow mm. and then of course with that sort of vernalisation I mean they flowered as I'd never seen before, people just loved them. Yeah those lovely big flowers didn't yeah, they? Yeah. They were. It really was the beginning of F1 hybrids in flower seeds. You know, there were some other important items like F1, well, geranium F1 sprinter was the first of the seed-raised geraniums and also the beginning of impatience as well. But but you were at the real outset of seedlings, weren't you? Uh, yes, we were. I think it was, ooh, 69. David had made some international contacts and we worked with a company in Germany Ernst Waltz who was a very progressive grower in Germany and he was offering seedlings to his customers in Germany and David just thought my goodness you know that could be an idea to offer in the UK so we we actually imported seedlings from Waltz in the early years before eventually we started doing our own production here. I mean, just think how that has changed the industry, John. There you were at the forerunner, nipping down to Heathrow, I believe, picking up yeah. those seedlings. And it's millions and millions of seedlings now, isn't it? Yeah, yes, absolutely. When you look at them, they, you see the greenhouses, the production greenhouses, and you think, my goodness, where do all these plants finish up? Yeah, I remember those first trays of um, polyanthus and begonias coming in from Waltz. I mean, you could put a ruler across them, couldn't you? Yeah, uh, absolutely. They, they were the first two items, Peter, as you say. The, the yeah. begonias were excellent because they travelled well. We, we, we actually dispatched everything by passenger train in those days to get things to people quickly, and the growers had to collect them at the station for speed. And the begonias, as I say, they were a, a very um, neat product that tended to knit together very well in the trays, and they travelled well. And then, John, over the years... The, the trial gardens at uh, West Atterbury that David Colgrave developed, they became a mecca, didn't they, for the seed yes, trade? Yes, really. they did. It was something that we tried. I remember that Hearst did have trials, but I don't think they used to invite um, customers in to see those. But David had this idea that we should invite our customers. You know, we were doing trials basically, basically so that we could learn about the varieties ourselves and, you know, test them, their suitability for UK conditions. So he said, well, you know, if we're doing it for ourselves, why don't we bring our customers? And that was the beginning of Trial Grounds. Yeah, and he always did everything well, didn't he? If it wasn't perfection, he didn't want to know. That's Even right. his shoes were polished when he walked around muddy nurseries. I mean, what, what a character he was. Yeah. yeah, he was. The other thing that always stuck in my mind, Peter, was that uh, in those days we didn't have franking machines. We used to buy stamps to stamp on all the letters. And he insisted <laughs> that they went absolutely squarely in the top right-hand corner. No, just sticking the stamp on anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what a, what a character. But it yeah. was good training for me. It certainly, you know, I'd, I'd been in the army not long ago and got very relaxed, you know, and not bothered about much, and it, it really brought me up, up to standard. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it did, yes. Now, now, what about your international travels then, John? Because you will have known all of the big sea companies, Pan American... Sakata uh, and and all the Dutch companies, number of them have amalgamated now. What are your thoughts on the, the seed trade overall? 
Yeah, that that was where I was very lucky that D- David did have a very good international knowledge, and that that gave us um, a lead over the other UK companies who didn't have that sort of uh, knowledge. And I was, um, you know, very lucky to follow David and learn about all these different companies, basically all over the world, as you say, and then developed it from there. And uh, of course, we used to go around looking at crops in various countries and. Yeah, but when you say about change, the, the big thing is, Peter, of course, that this, this was very much the seed trade in those days. Well, of course, now the seed trade is, is very small. Everything's about young plants and yeah, vegetatively propagated yeah. material. Yeah. And, and, and then, of course, you will have served the Royal Horticultural Society while judging their Wisley trials over the years, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's something that I really enjoyed. I probably did just over 30 years there. And and that was working with about 10 or 12 other people who also had loads of experience. And, uh, yeah, we used to judge the Wisley trials. That's right. And now, in retirement, uh, for a number of years, you've served on the David Colgrave Foundation, providing monies to help train young people, John. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a very good thing, Peter, there. We we have helped quite a few students over the years. Uh, I had a direct involvement with Pershaw College in Worcester, and I, I used to really enjoy that, going there and meeting the young people and, uh, you know, seeing how they could start their life off in horticulture. So if you had your time again, John, would you change anything? <laughs> would I change anything? Probably not. I, I never really... Horticulture... It wasn't something that had been in my blood, shall we say, although my father was a keen gardener, but I'd never really thought of going in for it. But once I got into it, when I look back, I think how lucky I was, really. And the nice thing in retirement is that it's a wonderful thing to continue within your retirement, in your own garden, and just enjoying nature and the countryside and that sort of thing. John, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. Look forward to seeing you soon probably at the West Atterbury Trials uh, in July. Yes, Peter, certainly. Look forward to it. What's on? Well, the 15th of June, there's an Arboretum walk at Leckford Estate, Longstock Park, Stockbridge in Hampshire. Oh, and a Delphinium walk in Goddington Lane, Ashford, Kent. Uh, Oh, I must remind you too again of BBC Gardener's World Live at the NEC Birmingham till the 17th. I'll be interested to hear what you think about our 4.5 metre high display of 1200 gerbera in the Sweet series. Uh, We aim to make it really spectacular and when you listen to this I'll know one way or the other but it should be quite colourful. I'm interested too to see that a number of those Sweet Series Garvinias came through last winter quite satisfactorily, even with the really low 12, 15 degrees centigrade uh, frosts. In most cases where they have survived, soil was free draining uh, and there was often a bit of protection of a wall or something like that. Thanks again to our sponsor, Sutton Seeds of Torquay, And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk
ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 